question is, have you ever been catfished by a set of boobs? Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. A leprechaun's home has many surprises. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with a perspective we've all gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the superfly space guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen, Paris. Hey, sweets. This week, we're going green and revisiting a comedic franchise we've covered once before. Not surprisingly, this sequel entry is the only one in the franchise that actually takes place on St. Patrick's Day. But before we get there, we have some follow-up. We recently reviewed a film called Valentine from 2001, a film that I, in a turn of events, absolutely loved. Uh, Ryan, not so much. The rest of us thought it was okay. And we wanted to know what our friends on the internet thought. So we asked, and actually 85% gave it a slash, and only 15% hacked it. Those are stellar results. I'm disappointed. Disappointed? (laughs) Why? Because I hated it. You didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Or maybe you did. (laughs) I didn't like it. We've hated things more. We have a comment from Tony who said, I just discovered this movie almost a year ago. During the first lockdown, I found myself adding many great titles to my Scream Factory Collector Edition collection. This is one of the few I bought without seeing first, and I don't regret it. Cupid aimed this right to a slash. (laughs) The first lockdown is like really an upsetting thing to hear. It is. When someone says that, I'm like, dun, dun, dun. Like, it's just like very, ugh. Gives me bad vibes. In London, they've had like 12. We're coming up on our quarantine anniversary here, so. Ugh. Where does the time go? I don't know. But one of our patrons, Freya Helsa, had something to say. She said, seeing Margot from Legally Blonde eat a maggoty chocolate and then list all the JMs she could think of with Denise Richards? Amazing. I wish these two had been the final girls, in all honesty. I would have liked to have seen that creepy police officer get a fate like creepy lingerie Gary after hitting on our girl Denise. Boil all the men alive. Slash, slash, slash. Also, it was nice to see Scream 4's Officer Judy in this flick, though I swear there are about three other actresses with her exact face. True. I don't remember an Officer Judy in Scream 4, so I will be looking for that next time I watch. And then finally, we have a new listener, Sammy, who commented with us on Facebook. They said, glad you all mostly enjoyed this flick. I love slashers and wish that someone would bring this genre back to relevance. And this film would make for a fantastic reboot. A new film that stays true to the Tom Savage thriller would be a great film. Keep up with the good work. Love the podcast. And I totally agree. This movie needs a remake, you guys. I'm surprised it wasn't in that group of everything that got remade. (laughs) Yeah, who missed that? I feel like it might come up in the next like 10 years or so. We'll see. With just like a hot young cast and it's going to end a little bit better than this one did. Yeah, pretty much I need the Riverdale cast in this and you have my attention. (laughs) And that's our follow up. Well, in Valentine, we saw Denise Richards win our hearts with her portrayal of Paige. A few years earlier, though, she was actually highly considered for a role in another seasonal horror film, albeit one significantly campier. When we last visited this franchise, we broke down the original 1993 film. Now, in that one, Jennifer Aniston was teaming up with a group of gents to thwart the danger imposed by a bit of gold and a 600-year-old supernatural fella with a shoe fetish. A little more than a year later, the sequel sees our poetic villain on a quest for a bride on his 2000th birthday. This week, we're talking about Leprechaun 2. Now, who's seen this one before? I know I've pressed play on this before today. 
but I still, I think it's just the antics of the leprechaun that I'm like, uh, maybe it was leprechaun in the hood that I saw, or maybe it was something else. Like, so there might be a possibility. I actually never seen this. Ah, uh, yeah. I imagine they all blur together once you get past like the third and fourth. I have never seen this one. Or maybe you have. I don't know. Like, this is one of those things that showed up on the Sci-Fi Channel back in, like, the late 90s, early exactly. 2000s a lot. And so all of the Leprechaun movies kind of merge together when you see clips of them in between, like, doing homework and, you know, going down to eat dinner. So maybe I've seen parts of it. Maybe I haven't. Parts of it seem familiar. I can say that. But I have seen the first one before. So I rewatched it to watch them in order again. I'm not sure why, but I'm having a moment of deja vu where I feel like we've had this exact conversation and you're like, it used to be on the sci-fi channel all the time. (laughs) Y'all know me. You know, I've never watched this voluntarily. Haven't seen the first one or this one prior to this podcast. Yeah, I also can say with the utmost certainty that I've never seen either of these movies. Um, Ryan, did you do what I did and watch both of them today? No, because I care about myself in a way (laughs) that I would never allow that to happen. I watched uh, last night because I needed time. That's fair. That feels very on brand for you. I've seen many a leprechaun in my time and this franchise is riddled with weird stuff. But this leprechaun... Man, he's a very well-traveled leprechaun, I can assure you. I've seen him in North Dakota. Uh, I've seen him in the hood. I've seen him go back to the hood. I've seen him in space. <laughs> and I thought I'd really seen him everywhere, right? I thought I'd seen them all. But as I was watching this with Ryan last night, I realized I could say with perfect clarity, I have never seen the leprechaun take Los Angeles. I went into this with the expectation that it all come back to me, and surely I was I was mistaken, but at every turn, I was actually hit with a new surprise. But what were you folks expecting? I will be frank, and I will tell you that uh, this is a movie that I saw in Blockbuster in the 90s, and I was always like, that looks like bullshit, <laughs> even though I was like eight years old. Just the cover alone for like the original or the sequels, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I will never watch that. Here I am today. Um, so yeah, I was expecting this to just be like really absolutely garbage you know life really is just about going against all the things that you said you would and wouldn't do one day i guess if i'm being honest i was expecting like thanks killing with a leprechaun like chaos i feel like uh, a lewd vulgar leprechaun is absolutely what i thought was coming my way yeah super silly leprechaun antics uh sprinkled with lots of deaths <laughs> now one of those is right one of those is wrong Having watched this right after rewatching the first one, it kind of spoils it because you know exactly what to expect in terms of the antics and the shenanigans. But going into watching both of them, I remembered enough to know like there's going to be campiness, there's going to be like cheesiness, like really bad lines and and rhymes that we're going to expect. And there's going to be ridiculous kills. And that's kind of what I was expecting to see was shenanigans and ridiculous kills. Mm. I wish I could have expected more of the same. I loved the original Leprechaun. I will never forget one of my favorite memories with Alexis is laying on her couch watching Leprechaun together. It was a good time. And it's a kind of movie that brings people together because I think it in its own, right, it's funny. But if you're watching it in a good mood with the right person, it becomes even more hilarious and it's a good experience. So really, when it came down to this one, I was surprised how less funny the Leprechaun was. And I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed. Very traditional parent feelings about this movie. Yeah, I can relate to that pretty well. When we watched it the first time, I mean, it was just like, you're right, it's the atmosphere. So I don't know, you and Ryan are watching it this time. So maybe you guys got a different response. But I did pick up on why is this one so serious? It it just has like a more like 
the shenanigans are gone. The one-liners that I love from the first one are gone. It's because he's not shining shoes anymore. <laughs> they just took away like the core thing about his identity, gave it one throwaway line in the beginning of the movie, and then he, he doesn't care about shoes the rest of the time. No, and they should have because just because you played the card in the first movie doesn't mean you can you have to stop there. Like you can keep going because that's what makes these movies <laughs> what they are. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what I felt during this movie. To be honest, I think that there is like a a charm, you know, to our little leprechaun boy. He's a little little creepy, a little funny, a little crazy. But then also the rest of the characters are interesting. I don't know. I feel unsettled. That's what I felt during this movie. Unsettled. I can echo that sentiment. I'm actually surprised to hear Alexis say that this movie was more serious just because I felt like this was surprisingly a movie that didn't take itself too seriously when I was expecting it to be like a movie that asks me to actually be afraid of a leprechaun. But I feel like this movie was not particularly frightening, but more disturbing and unsettling, like you're saying, Ryan. You guys are so unsettled about this movie, and I don't get it. Like, it wasn't unsettling. Like, I didn't watch it feeling like, oh, I feel, you know, skeevy, or my stomach wasn't upset or anything like that. I just... I didn't mean it like that at all. I, yeah, I don't think she did. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just felt like this was straight to VHS while watching it. I just felt like this was the let's make a Jarhead 2 kind of situation where, hey, we had a first one. It was successful. It was good. Like, get a script done by tomorrow, and we'll we'll film it. Like, whatever it is, we'll film it, and we'll offer as much money as we can afford to get the original people back, and we got one of them. Yeah, funny you mention that, because this is the last one to be theatrically released for many obvious reasons. I'm sorry, this was released in theaters? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Theaters in 94, what a different time that I don't know anything about because I wasn't born, but oh my God. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. I was four. I didn't know. Maybe I knew. <laughs> See, I think that's that's part of the problem with the identity of this movie. It was like, it was chuckle inducing sometimes, but a lot of it was just weird. So I totally get what you're saying, Ryan, about it being like unsettling. I have a lot of feelings about our main girl, Bridget. She looked like two different people, depending on the angle of the camera. It was just ridiculous. And I, I think I can sum up the experience of watching it as mostly just giving Ryan weird looks since we were watching it together over FaceTime. And only sometimes laughing, but I think I was laughing more at my connection with Ryan than I was at the actual movie. Yes, absolutely. So it for sure wasn't frightening, right? But I do think it's fair to say uh, this movie feels like a solid early warning of how dangerous catfishing is. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been catfished, but... (laughs) The question is, have you ever been catfished by a set of boobs? That's really what <laughs> Yes. No, I'm kidding. That would be Actually, cool. probably a lot of people, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, catfishing aside, this isn't a scary movie. It is a little, uh, it gets a little creepy in a couple of moments, but it's not scary. This movie, um, no, is not scary at all. I will admit watching like the first one when I was younger, that was creepy and terrifying and he kind of is, but yeah, it's not frightening at all. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> of course not. Even you're not scared? Oh, I, uh, not. Obviously. So Come surprising. on. I thought for sure St. Patrick's Day would get you. <laughs> <laughs> What's frightening is the level of disrespect yes. towards this national holiday. Yes. There you go. I mean, like, you know, at least they had some people enjoying themselves and having a couple of drinks. That was cool. 
Good for them, but not scary. His teeth were scary. I actually kind of expected to maybe be scared by this because it has like, you know, maybe it's kind of Chucky-like in that it's like a small, tiny antagonist running at you. Um, But I think he was like maybe just talking too much for it to be scary. Yeah, I think think there's something there because his face is not a pretty one to look at. It's And then he has like those really beefy, pudgy fingers. It's super weird and uncomfortable. But I think one of the things that strikes me about this movie – is that the leprechaun himself is unrivaled in terms of like horror movie stuff, right? So like you have Chucky, who's clearly like got the niche on the uh, possessed doll market, but the leprechaun feels pretty. Uh, he feels like he's standing alone amongst like holiday titans. Unless there's like a dope Easter Bunny movie, I think I think the leprechaun's got it in the bag. But I think it's so original, this leprechaun. That it even manages to not be connected to the first movie. And I got to give it points there because it's it started me down this whole like rabbit hole theory because there's mention of the leprechauns like maybe being born in litters. And I'm thinking, is this franchise just an exploration of all the leprechauns from one litter? I, You know what? When we when we made it into the what first five minutes of the film and he mentions the fact that he's a thousand years old and it's already in the past and i'm thinking well that doesn't add up with the first movie i was like well that's stupid they just changed it and then i think it was my roommate that said like oh is it like the son of the original movie's leprechaun or something so i think the theory like adds up though <laughs> i know yeah it's all one litter man i'm telling you i hate that you're using the word litter <laughs> but it's so true it's so accurate yeah are leprechauns born in litter that's what he describes according to the source the he's the authority on the matter he is a leprechaun ew i don't know can you imagine it'd be like little hymns running around like yeah you give birth to like, like six gremlins. of those <laughs> paris like, i'm sorry i'm saying the word litter but just consider consider yourself lucky that i'm not saying suckle yes oh you know <laughs> ew uh, I do feel like you're kind of right, though, Chris. This movie, it, there is a case for this being original. I can't think of anything even that attempted to try something like this. Uh, yeah, I'd call this original for sure. I think, you know, so we have what, like Krampus, the turkey from Thanksgiving. We had Jack Frost this year or last year. Gremlins don't really count. They're just holiday adjacent. Krampus feels, though, like he's less in this category because he's cool. And not terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. But still, I'm just saying I would actually take I would actually take the leprechaun over over Ooh. those other choices there. That's funny because I'm taking over this non-existent Easter bunny because I'm going to find a horror movie that has an Easter bunny because <sighs> that's way more creepier. And I feel like if done right, it would be a fantastic movie. Which it won't be. <laughs> so a quick Google search shows us there are Easter bunny horror movies. Doesn't mean they're good. Easter bunny kill kill. Uh, Rotten tail is another one. Rotten Tail's kind of funny. <laughs> Peter, Peter, Rotten Tail. Yeah. So it's a thing. Yeah, I can for sure say uh, Rotten Tail is not in the database. Yet. That's okay. By tomorrow, everyone will forget that this happened. So we won't have to watch I, it. I will not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might just watch it for the hell of it, though. So and report back. <laughs> I mean, they definitely forgot the first movie happened when they made this one in terms of the story. Complete retcon. That's fine, though, I guess. I don't know about originality, though, because I feel like this kind of like structure of i am an evil sorcerer or whatever and i am in love with this woman and i can't have her so i'll like curse this family and come after the descendants like that seems kind of played out obviously not with a leprechaun though did you know you can't steal gold from a leprechaun 
or they'll literally try to kill you. Apparently. I didn't know. I never learned those, those myths growing up. I always learned that like you would catch them so it's and original. then they would like give you wishes or something. And like that was, I think, the extent of what I learned. We always like imagined them to be like five inches tall. Yeah, I did so. too. In uh, kindergarten, they had like little footprints. Yeah. And they would have like little coins. I was like, oh my gosh, mom. <laughs> we had to <laughs> a build a trap. <laughs> Did you have to build traps when you were a kid? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was- this was the thing that we grew up doing was building leprechaun traps. Feels illegal. <laughs> <laughs> this is why that poor leprechaun from Lucky Charms is always stressed out. You got damn kids building traps. He's stressed out because people split the marshmallows from the <laughs> from the actual like corn. Like if somebody came after my Lucky Charms, I'd be stressed out too. Ew, uh, you're filthy, man. Then it got gross. Speaking of Lucky Charms, as with most serials, usually the ending is the best part. For this movie, the ending was not the best part. I was quite disappointed by this ending. I don't know how you guys felt. Yeah, the ending was super weird and abrupt, and uh, I wasn't a fan of it either. The way it was supposed to end and continue into a third movie seems like it would have been more satisfying, but as it is right now, yeah. The ending was a drag, pretty much, and I don't know, I was just disappointed, too. I was kind of like, oh, wow, that's the end, and that's it. But yeah, so I don't know. I wish there was something better they could have done and they could have done a lot, but they chose to go with the bare minimum. Wow. (laughs) I definitely feel like the ending was very predictable, but I actually think the ending was probably my favorite part. The ending, I think, was predictable in how kind of mediocre they executed it, just like the rest of the story. But I, I had trouble with how they got to the ending, like how they like wrap things up with the leprechaun completely different from the first movie. And I think that's what bugged me is I wanted to return to the mechanism we used in the first movie. And uh, to go over this completely different way was a bit weird. I'm going to be honest. I'm sensing some mixed signals here about our feelings on the ending. And uh, we'll see how this shakes out because it is not an episode of Hacker Slash if Chris and Paris are not on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. But let's start making our way to the ratings so we can see how it shakes out. Now, Alexis... How many people died in this movie? Surprisingly, six people died. I don't know how or when, but they did in this movie. (laughs) I think you know both how and when. I know exactly when and how they died. But in all actuality, it seems didn't seem like there was that much violence in this movie. But we'll talk about that later. But we have a solid six. And what about that animal report, Ryan? Ooh, so happy to report. There is an adorable pup in this movie, but clean animal report. Nothing to worry about. It was all real, real chill vibes. You know, things we enjoy. Nice. So at least that won't be a disappointment. Now let's go ahead and get into the scoring. Leprechaun 2. Is it a hack or a slash? Okay. Um, I'm going to hack this movie. I hated it so much. Um, this is the worst movie we've ever done on the podcast to this day. Um, worst movie I've ever seen. Top five for sure. I knew I was going to hate this. Uh, I dreaded watching this. I saw it on the list and I said no. Um, and don't do what I did. Don't lock yourself in a dark room and watch the first one and the second one back to back because 20 minutes into the second one, I was like, should I just quit the podcast? I hated the characters in this movie. The leprechaun itself is very stupid, not scary, not funny. Um, so it didn't really succeed in any of the things I think it was attempting to do. Truly, there were so many scenes of this movie that I was just like, please end. I actually made a conscious effort to find the few morsels of things that I didn't hate about this movie so that I could answer the questions we ask later in the podcast. Uh, so this is an absolute hack from me. It is by definition a total joke and a waste of your time. Mm, we are nothing if not passionate here. <laughs> that is pretty harsh. I don't know if I'd say this is the 
worst movie we've ever reviewed. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, we did Thanksgiving. Paris. I miss Thanksgiving, so maybe maybe I'm missing out. And I, don't, I wouldn't even know if that's the worst because I don't know. Maybe there's more, but I, I enjoy the comedy in that one for sure. It was raunchy, but it was great. Um, and I love the comedy that the first one brought out so much that I had such expectations for this movie. I mean, I knew what I was going to get. I was going to get a leprechaun doing leprechaunish and tricksterish things, and you know i knew this movie wasn't going to make sense but i was gonna be there for it and i just dreaded coming here tonight um and talking about this because i was just like wow i usually have more to say on why i would dislike a movie but this was just like eh, just dislike it so for that it's getting (laughs) you were gonna be there for it you tried to have its back but it turned on you and well i tried claiming my internet didn't work but that didn't help (laughs) well you know just to join in here is this predictable yes 100 percent. every person that clicked on this podcast and saw that we were viewing leprechaun 2 truly is just here to hear us talk trash about it um i have in fact wanted to quit the podcast because of watching a movie before this wasn't it i'll be honest with you and a significant portion of that is because i watched it on facetime with the lovely chris rojas and i believe she knew in her heart that it would be more enjoyable if i had someone with me yes that is 100 percent accurate yes because i rarely get a hi do you want to watch this request (laughs) this isn't the worst movie i've ever seen there are other movies that it truly physically hurts me when we review them. This is a total joke and a waste of time, though. There's, like, some small things that I enjoyed, and I would say this is the closest I've ever been to, like, maybe almost enjoying comedy in my horror, but I, I think it's just, like... I think it's just not for me. I just don't think I'm... I'm just not the person. Like, if I'm watching horror, I'm watching horror, man. I don't watch comedy. You know, I'm not watching comedy and expecting somebody to get killed and just, you know, go along with it. It's just not good. If you get me, like, a little drunk, I might watch the first one and, like, enjoy it. But, boy, this ain't it. It's not good. It's a hack. Okay, so hear me out. I don't want to be the contrarian here, but I have to be. Just kidding. It's a hack. Come on, guys. I think we're all looking around seeing each other's facial expressions and knowing that we're feeling the same way. That it is pretty much a total joke and not the funny kind of joke that they should have put into this movie. They had a huge missed opportunity there. I mean... I don't exactly know what they were trying to go for. It seems like the script was written on the back of a napkin, maybe like after drinking (laughs) too much Guinness, maybe that's what happened. And then like the next day they were like, sure, like make some money off of it somehow. I hope that they did. I'm sure they probably made some cash because it went to theater, but they should feel bad for having done so. Um, (laughs) I paid to rent the first one and the second one because I couldn't find them streaming anywhere for free. I think it was like four or five bucks. It was four. Four dollars. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was like a dollar more to buy it. And I was literally like, well, if it's a dollar more, I should just buy it because then I'll own it or at least the license to watch it or two dollars more, maybe or the places I found them. But then, then I was like, yeah, I don't want to own it. And it, had I done that, <laughs> I would have just like deleted it from my library even after paying to own it. But no, I paid to rent it and I want my money back. I want that rental money back. I want our time back, but you can have the money. Yeah, my time would... I, I normally don't care, but time would be nice to get back. Well, this has been uh, taking a very positive and uh, delightful direction. Uh, so sorry, Warwick Davis. I'll keep this brief. I actually want to follow up on that point made 
by Mac. Like him, I want my rental fee back. And you see, it could have been worth the money if it were actually funny, but it wasn't, so it's getting a hack. And with that, Leprechaun 2, too fast, too shitty, is a universal hack. (laughs) Like Mac has disclosed, you can either purchase it or rent it, but it sounds like we don't recommend you do either. Uh, Maybe you dig into the archives of YouTube and see if you can piece the movie together with free clips. But either way, join us in the second half because there is a lot to talk about on this one. We'll see you in a bit. Hey there, gents. Are you in a joy streak with the ladies? Have you been striking out with all those old whitey tidies? Show off your sausages and potatoes in the finest search possible with Lucky Bowels. Cradle those lucky charms in soft, satin-finished, moisture-wicking fabric with a special supportive pocket for your shillelagh. Available in green and kelly green with gold threading. Everyone would be green with envy when they see your lucky bowels. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for Leprechaun 2, which has earned a universal hack. Now, we have a lot to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of why this movie was so shitty, uh, we have the matter of gore to attend to. Alexis, what is our gore score? Also, the gore is pretty shitty. In my opinion. <laughs> so it's definitely a low gore score. And some of the things that you see happen, you're like, oh, wow. Could have been more intense, in my opinion, to actually get a higher gore score. When I look back, I'm like, there was six deaths, though. Like, I can't even... I can recall them clearly because I took notes on them. But, like, it, in all actuality, it's just kind of like the movie. It's just a little jumbled and trying to pick that apart. But I'm not going to say my favorite death first because I feel like I always take everyone's. To be fair, we only have six to choose from. There's five of us and one of them sucks. So <laughs> which one sucks? The first one. The first one is nothing. It's a it's a neck snapping. It's literally oh. nothing. So um I'm gonna go first so that I can steal the one that you guys all want to talk about. And it's obviously Ugh, you totally are the dead alive lawnmower boob kill. Oh, yeah, yep. definitely. My, it would there go it for is. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Not mine, actually. Well, well, let's talk about how amazing this one is before we get to yours. <laughs> yeah, because this one. <laughs> this one's pretty good, right? You you know something's up while like before the kill happens, but you don't know exactly what's up. And then and then you see, well, well, first off, and then you see some boobs with that obvious boob double like clearly not her yeah clearly not her boobs but i mean to be fair it was a leprechaun technically leprechaun boobs (laughs) i just want to point out that when that happened we noted that it was 30 minutes in before we got boobs but ryan was nodding her head with a big old grin on her face doing like the real nice gesture (laughs) i'm just saying i mean listen you know what it is if you're here for a horror movie and especially a trash horror movie you know that some boobs are coming those were good boobs in that too because i was like saw this and i was like i, I need to rewind because i'm not sure what i'm watching i'm like oh it's a little leprechaun playing Plus little 10. jokes so anyway they turn into the bottom blade from a lawnmower which is very intense and of course we just did oh. dead alive not long ago i'm sorry paris did you not realize what they were i honestly thought they were like motorboat propellers and he was like <laughs> motorboating those fake boobs to death that's not what propellers look like at all <laughs> i don't know boats <laughs> oh god i need to teach you things yeah they're, they're small so yeah it was it was just like what we saw in dead alive where we have the the bottom of a lawnmower the blade spinning and of course you know you're sitting there and you're thinking no he's not gonna do it he's not gonna do it and he does it and becomes truly a a headless mush but also they cut away which rude yes i was gonna say i feel like that would have been like 
a great even to see like some blood splatter or something like yeah. a little bit more than oh let me get the shadow from it but the, we did get the look of it later when he's hanging at the front door so it was like a it was a little something it was a little something yeah wasn't dead alive <laughs> my favorite was morty for sure and i feel like it's the only real leprechaun style death in the movie because it involves like the whole three wishes thing and it's like when you're talking to a genie you have to carefully word everything you know, if you're like, I want a million dollars and the genie fills you with a million dollars, that's not what, that's not what you're actually wishing for. And that's exactly what happened here. He wanted his gold and he gave it to him. You just have to carefully word your wishes. Mm. So I feel like this was a, like a legit, like leprechaun prank leading to a kill. And that's, you know, I definitely appreciate that. Also, like the whole like stomach enlarging full of a pot of gold and then like ripping open that part. That was good. It was really weird though when he like took the gold out. And made whatever comments he made afterwards, but yeah. Precision of language. <laughs> it's very important when dealing with wish granters. Just saying, if you ever, ever happen across a genie in a bottle or Christina Aguilera and she grants you three wishes, you just have to word everything perfectly. <laughs> you know, to be fair, though, I think it's just generally important and these beings exist to teach us that lesson. Do these beings exist? <laughs> the ideas of them exist. Okay. Can we all just recognize for a moment that Chris, if given the opportunity to make three wishes, would be the most precise and clear person? <laughs> Those would be solid wishes. There would be no gray area. Yeah, her her communication yeah. skills a one. Each wish would be like a, a full document with clauses, twelve pages. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for sure gonna consult my girlfriend who's gonna end up being an attorney. It's gonna be great. Yeah, <laughs> these wishes are legally binding. You have to sign terms and conditions before you can ask for those wishes. That's how it works. As it should be. Okay, so look, obviously the parallels with Ian and uh, Dead Alive were a top notch thing for me. I think that was a joke that I like made to Ryan as we were watching it. Also, I'm super stoked that he passed in that way because he had it coming. He was just a prick. First off, if your man, sorry, not even your man, if the guy that you go to a go-kart event with uh, says, no, it's okay, I'll, I'll have someone cover for me. Hey, I can't make it into work, but I'm probably just going to stay here at work. Can you come cover for me? Like, he has no ambition. That's not the guy you should be with, first off. <laughs> but I think in terms of like a favorite death, aside from his, it's going to be the leprechaun. Because, hey, if my theory sticks about all these movies being a different leprechaun from the litter, then I can accept his death as final. And it brought some closure to this movie. <laughs> Surprise! no one liked the barista, the steam. That was kind of fun. That one was pretty fun. All I thought about was Mad TV while watching it, though. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't unsee Stuart. Stuart, yeah. <laughs> his puffy, melty face, the very thin blood seeping from it, it was just so unpleasant to look at. It also reminded me of Dead Alive. Yeah, the bubbly, the bubbling face was really ugh, disgusting. I know no one was scared of this movie, right? I think we all yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, not even remotely. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny because so Warwick Davis at first was ashamed of this film understandably so <laughs> as this franchise became more popular and even in this movie he just became a lot warm to the idea of like okay cool like i shouldn't be ashamed of this you know you know he is this leprechaun um that's become quite popular and you know he really loved doing this every few years so i mean you'd have to if you were like super stoked and it's very consistent i mean i know the jokes aside that he has a lot more in the first one but i think that kind of picks up as you go throughout the franchise but you know obviously he's retired from his role we don't have leprechaun 22 thank god <laughs> but you know he was kind of like reserved um at first because 
he had children, so he didn't want them to like see him as this villainous person. So he kind of stopped it for a little bit, but you know, he said he would be open to doing more horror as his children have uh, grown up. So we probably might see another leprechaun <laughs> in the future. Hopefully not. I don't know. Maybe he's in a remake or something, which would be pretty cool. I think his performances in star Wars and Harry Potter, that's enough. You know, you did good. And that is the uh, gore, you know, um, not as gory this week, but you know, who knows what we'll have next week for you. That's totally fair. And, uh, you know, while this movie may have been light on gore, I will say the look of the leprechaun is still something to be not necessarily admired, but uh, to to be discussed to a certain extent. He's gross looking. Uh, it looks like he has just crayons for his mouth and teeth, which is bizarre. I do have a little bit of a nod about the leprechaun as my favorite visual element, though. And what is that? It ended up being my favorite because it was actually one of the worst, but it was somehow the kind of worst where it becomes charming over time, so it ends up being the best. It was the dissolves used for the leprechaun every time he strikes a dramatic pose and then Warwick <laughs> Davis has to hold it while the fade kicks in. If it were made today as a low-budget student film, it would for sure be done by a kid who doesn't realize he can change the default transition on his uh, NLE. So he's like, oh, okay, I guess this, I guess this dissolve has to last 10 seconds. Uh, <laughs> stay there, please. We need some room. It tripped me out. It, it was terrible the first time and got more hilarious as it went on <laughs> i actually agree that is one thing where i was just like this is the kind of thing that usually i'm like this is dumb i hate it but it actually tickled me i guess that's the the nerdy designer people in us chris but yeah he's standing on screen for like 20 seconds holding his holding his arm around his head just like we can still see you bro not gonna lie dramatic yes my favorite visual element is his treehouse glare for sure maze it's definitely mine too yeah i don't know what it is is it in a pot of gold is it also kind of the teletubby set but in a tree version (laughs) it's a lot but it was very like i don't know it was very interesting set to look at yeah because everything was really big compared to like the character which i guess i don't know but then they had this stone too that she like lays on i was like "Mm." not sure how i feel (laughs) and if he lives there wouldn't it all be tiny that's what i'm saying like i didn't understand why it wasn't perfectly yeah (laughs) yeah we're asking a lot of questions here well i think he was waiting a thousand years to uh uh, build these kind of stuff for her (laughs) (laughs) okay i have a little thing about the thousand years all right so look we've we've discussed twilight every once in a while one of the most popular songs from all the twilight soundtracks is a thousand years by christina perry which has been used the world over uh, in so many weddings. And I feel like (laughs) this would be a better movie for a thousand years to be in because he's literally waiting a thousand years for her. I have died every day waiting for you. Time has brought your heart to me. Stop. (laughs) Can we also know that the scene from theoretically 1,000 years prior was just like the 1800s, maybe? Like, they were just regular, like, colonial era people. Not at all 1,000 years ago. They were not from the 1900s. 1994 looked real futuristic, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the horrible fake beard that that guy had. Oh, oh, I hated it the most. (laughs) I was trying to figure out, like, how did they, did they just literally glue, like, pieces of hair to his face? Or dirt, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was so... Yeah, I didn't realize that was supposed to be a beard. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm with you and Alexis, though, because I 
totally thought that the leprechaun cave was the best visual element for sure. It had a lot of like Jim Henson labyrinth energy. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun and nice. And anything that goes on down here is going to be 10% less shitty because it's down here. Um, but my backup favorite visual element was the shot where, um, the leprechaun's like fighting them in their house and you see like this gold coin roll across the floor and the camera follows it all the way through like three different rooms and like into the hands of Cody. And I was like, Oh, that was a fun little shot. I'm going to write that down. So I have something nice to say when we record this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can pick something as my favorite, because I don't know that I appreciated anything about it visually. That might be a bit rough, but I mean, I guess I could appreciate in the opening scene where we're in the past and like, they're peeking through the bushes at, you know, this dude's daughter that this leprechaun is obsessing over. Like, they make her look all glowy and like, oh, she's so beautiful and amazing. But in reality, she's just like hanging up laundry and this dude's like stalking her. Yeah. Not cool. How dare the leprechaun's whole love life be based on someone not saying God bless you? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, that's what the sneezing thing was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. She'll be my bride when she sneezes thrice. But... Here's the thing, though. I got to admit this. If you sneeze once around me, I'll say bless you. If you sneeze twice, maybe I'll say bless you again. But usually you only get one, right? I'm the same way. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, if you have a thing, just like hold up your hand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to like be the jerk who's like, bless you, bless you, bless you. It's exhausting for both of us. You're supposed to wait till they're done. Like you give them a certain amount of time in between. And then you're like, okay, bless you. Yeah, but then sometimes there's like an awkward delay. And, uh, you know, you sneeze and then you're just waiting like, uh, oh, you good? And then you just seem like an asshole then too, you know what I mean? It's, just, <laughs> it's a difficult game, uh, you know, blessing people after they sneeze. However, I do have questions about the logistics of like how this happens, right? Could he not have just gotten her to sneeze three more times? You, you know she's been blessed before. Like what's stopping the blessing now? Everybody gets one. The dad cock blocked him. That was it was just the fact that that his slave made the move against him is, you know, that that blocks him. He can't As make another he move. Should. As he should. Just so humiliating. Yeah. Do leprechauns have slaves? I didn't know they were into shoes, but like I guess there's a lot I don't know about them. I mean, technically that uh, it's all made up, so Okay, this isn't like canonical leprechaun lore. No. Okay. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure sneezing. Well, I mean, apparently they're like tricksters and they like prank people. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I don't think they have razor sharp claws that they like dig into people's faces, though. (laughs) I don't think they're scared of wrought iron. Or look like Kevin Bacon. Also, I would like to note, since we're talking sneezes here, this would have actually been a very relevant time to pull out the Seinfeld no longer saying, God bless you, you say, you're so good looking. This is very relevant. And he wouldn't have been saying, God bless you. He would have gotten his wife. Well, you know, I guess technically this is before Seinfeld's time. Yeah, but you know what? The later on, it would have been the perfect time. Exactly. See, Chris, I have to go back to your to your uh, story because when somebody sneezes and I say "bless you," if if they sneeze again, I say "bless me," and if they sneeze again, I go <laughs> "bless all of us" at this point. But maybe I'm the jerk. I think now most of us just go COVID. <laughs> now, for my favorite scene, obviously, I mentioned before I had to make a conscious effort to pinpoint these things from this movie knowing i was going to have a bad time um but what i did not know was that michael mcdonald was in this movie at all so having a scene where he's just like a really mean gay barista i thoroughly enjoyed just him kind of just dragging this gross leprechaun for a couple minutes before getting killed i was like michael mcdonald you make everything that you're in better that's totally fair and that was a great scene in and of its own right 
one of the things that I loved from that was the little just bit that you see of the leprechaun laid up, hungover, nursing his hangover with a cup of coffee. <laughs> and that is hilarious, right? And I think that's the thing for me. You know, things like the hungover leprechaun, things like the little poses that he strikes, there are great moments. And that's all that I can take from this movie. It's like there's these small little individual nuggets of gold, and it's hard to bring myself to enjoy an entire scene. Another nugget of gold, though, was when he was drunk in the bar drunk levitating the ashtray <laughs> that was a great moment i do appreciate that scene because they were like oh let's just get him drunk um and maybe all of our problems will go away <laughs> alexis's solution to a leprechaun <laughs> it really is i do love that scene but it got really awkward because then he was just like drunk not that i have experience on what a drunk leprechaun would look like but like he was just very like staring and i was like i can't tell if he's thinking if he's playing a trick or he's just mm. yeah you're about the same height as a leprechaun though what do you do oh my god if i'm staring i'm either thinking of something or i'm drunk tired like i'm just tired more than drunk at that point he seems to be exhausted i mean he's two thousand years old ancient as fuck <laughs> horrible skincare routine like i get it <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> Drinking all that Guinness, not enough water. Laugh lines up to the hairline. Yeah, I know, right? And Chris, I really did like those tidbits too. So like, you know, when he has, he takes the um, gold out of the homeless guy's mouth. I was like, oh, this is, I, I, that's what I thought I was in for. I was so sad. I was like, he had nothing left. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> One little tooth. And when he's drinking the um, whiskey. And he like spits it out. He's like, this is an Irish whiskey. And I was like, ooh, I like this. Too bad it was just a handful of times. It wasn't filled like the first one. But you're right. We're talking about the second movie. So I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> stop there. <laughs> also, shout out to that moment where his hat is blown off his head. And then he's like, oh, damn, that bald head, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to double up on the bar scene, but not the levitation or the drunk part, but leading up to that, when there's like a group of little people that walk into the bar. I'm not a huge fan of the of any of the characters in this film, but maybe the extras. The extras were fine. I like that whole scene like leading up and they're like chanting for him to drink, you know, and they're like cheering him, you know, getting married. And it's utterly ridiculous, but it was kind of fun. I will agree with you that the characters in this movie are generally trash. I didn't like a single one of them outside of the leprechaun. And even he was less likable this time around. He wasn't as quirky. He wasn't as funny. But what struck me most was how much I could not stand Bridget at all. Not her character, not her performance, nothing except for one moment. I wonder if maybe it wasn't her fault, right? Like there were some shots where I was just astounded by how unflattering she could look with her makeup. Just the way they lit this shot. It's like she would go from looking absolutely gorgeous and stunning to looking utterly unhinged, angry, and cryptic. <laughs> and it was always during moments where she was supposed to look happy, right? Like it, it was just bizarre. For example, there's a point where she tells Cody she can't stay mad at him, but she looks like a succubus trying to consume his soul. Her eyes were piercing into him. That actress was truly rough. But Bridget in that red dress, though. Oh, I mean, stunning woman. <laughs> really right? good. I absolutely agree. Bridget was a garbage character. Um, interestingly enough, I thought the actress was absolutely terrible until she was actually the leprechaun in disguise. And then I was like, so you can act. Why are you doing the rest of this? <laughs> It was bizarre to me. It's funny because as horrible as everyone was in this movie, especially our boy, Morty, he was like a terrible person, an alcoholic, 
horrible guardian definitely gave the worst advice that has ever been. But also, I enjoyed watching him so much. Actually, Morty was one of my favorite parts of this movie. And I was so sad when he died. I just wanted him to, I wanted him to have like a, an arc of growth, right? And, and become a better person. And then he wished for gold. So he had every opportunity to like redeem himself. And he really, really took it to the grave. Honestly, the greed, the greed took him to the grave. I guess that's how that worked. Mm. Yeah. When he had like trapped Cody, I was like, what's going on though? And then I was like, wow, this guy's just a jerk. Uh, and I, th- I thought he had some redeeming qualities, especially going throughout the movie and like trying to help Cody. But I think I love all these like cameos in this movie. You know, you have, um, Kimmy Robertson and Clint Howard, who are the tourists. And I don't, I like seeing them when I do watch comedies, um, that they were in, especially in the nineties. And I don't know, they, one, Clint Howard has a very distinct look and, um, Kimmy Robertson, I just love her little cute voice. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> Chris spent like the whole movie going, wait, who's that? I know them. Yeah, it's because they're like in everything, but you still don't know who they are. Yes, you know their face. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. And then you have uh, Stuart from Mad TV in there. So I don't know. I really enjoyed all these little cameos sprinkled in. So as a collective, do we hate the Leprechaun character or just wish it was slightly better? I wish he was OG. Honestly, I feel like Warwick Davis did a good job committing to the character as ridiculous as it is um i've never actually seen something that he was in that i was like oh he did a bad job he's always very great um but the character as a whole just should never have been written or brought into (laughs) existence i mean his greed felt real like when he shows up in la well i guess he was i don't know was he already there is he harry houdini also we don't really know he's a native from the valley (laughs) yeah he's a native but when he shows up and is like walking down the street and rips a man's finger off like that greed was real i felt that in my soul and also the finger ripped off a little too too easily like it was made of paper or something (laughs) yeah i don't know i hated this movie and i actually kind of like the leprechaun why that's interesting we should unpack that because he's the only one having fun yeah he is having fun even if we're not like i know i liked morty because i like old old grumpy people they're funny (laughs) so maybe the leprechaun is something similar certainly old yeah a little grumpy you know especially when someone takes his gold but also has like a very positive outlook on life you know the characters in general were kind of kind of crap but i feel like bridget like did she have to be rescued in the end couldn't they have written it in a way that she didn't really need them in any way did they all have to like bend and snap when she tried to stab him with it i don't know i feel like she was trying a lot to get out she was doing what needed to get done to try to break free from this but she still had to wait for this doofus of a boyfriend i guess you could call him to show up and rescue her quote unquote yeah and then fall for an image of her. Yeah, if this was a more progressive movie that wasn't made in the 90s, maybe that's how that would have went. But I do think her trying to escape ended up being a totally useless scene with like the yeah. rocks disappearing because it serves no purpose since she tries to tell him, oh, no, I already tried this. He's like, oh, we'll just do it together because I'm a man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and then it's just more of them getting lost in the tunnels. So it literally added zero value to it. Yeah. And speaking of that, and I know I'm supposed to say a best part since I hacked this, but I truly don't have it left in me. The worst part is that they're running through these tunnels back and forth, like like it's the Looney Tunes or something. Or uh, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. It's got the Scooby-Doo vibes. And 
then they run one time holding hands and he comes back not holding her hand and is like, oh, where'd you go? And maybe you should have realized that when no one was holding your hand anymore and turned around then and said, hi, why are you stopping here? We have places to be. We have to keep going. No, he makes it all the way to the other entrance. And I'm just like, this is horrible. It is Scooby-Doo. And, and that was a tiny little nugget of the worst part of this movie. I think the best part of the movie was Morty. And yeah, yeah I mean, that. except for when he died. I mean, obviously that was my favorite death, but I was kind of bummed out that he didn't like wish for something more useful. Like he locks him in there for his own good in a way to wish him like closer to her or something. No, he's like, I'm going to lock you in here. I don't worry. I got this. I got a plan and I'm going to get all this gold. Come on, dude. Like, obviously that's not going to work out well. I mean, he was authentic from start to finish. That's what matters. That, I guess so. <laughs> Not to mention he got scammed out of a second wish. That's true. Did it himself, literally. But he was the smoothest talking character in the film, um, even though he was obviously just like trying to skate by on life and you know steal from everybody. But I don't know. I just I feel like he was the most genuine character in the film. He was also very Northeast. I have no idea what he was doing in LA. Everyone is in LA is not from LA. So, you know, I know, but he just belonged in like Jersey. I yeah. just, I just, <laughs> you know, he just feels like that. And I needed him there running his three card money. Right. Hustling. But look at that. Look at that business, you know, that business mentality he had, not just trying to grow his business, but trying to like franchise it out to begin with. You know, he was, he was in it to win it. Drugging and, and over, over serving people along the way just to get them there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite part, I guess, <laughs> because it's hard to honestly, besides um, the points you've mentioned, like Warwick Davis playing, you know, this iconic character, but I think it's going to have to be somehow Cody just being himself in this movie, aside from like his character. He's so dramatic on everything. But then it goes to the factor. <laughs> I have to laugh so hard at this because I feel like I've done this, much less I've never seen a man do this, which is fine. Men can do this. I find if a man is going to be vulnerable, it's great. You have this like cheesy, like 90s music in this in this entire movie oh, and it's yes. horrible but then you have him just shifting through photos of him and bridget and you're like i'm just like what is this movie <laughs> like i was like is this a, not another teen movie but like you know fast you know rewind a few years <laughs> where all the photos are taken on the same day yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that was exactly what it stood out to me. I was like, look at your 10 photos from the same day. You guys are so in love. He's just quite a character in this movie. Half the time I'm like, okay, just chill. Just chill. I mean, I get it. There's a, you know, evil leprechaun going around, but, you know, just even his, like, when he first, he's like, oh my God, you know, just his, his antics are quite out there. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. If I have to come up with a best part of this movie, it's going to be the only two remaining positive things I have left in my notes, one being the gold choker that Bridget had to wear most of the movie. Mm. I thought it was cute. Uh, the other being the scene where the woman comes outside of her home when they're going by with like the spooky <gasps> Hollywood undead tour. Yes. And she's like, get away from my house. My husband's not dead. He's just sick. Get out of here. I thought she was kind of a scene stealer there. And I was like, there's like a whole backstory with her. And I loved that. She was like, we don't need y'all around here. We're a happy family. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It was great. She was just so sick of the shit. She was truly the most relatable character in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, get the hell out of here. As as much of a darling moment that was, the best part of this movie for me was actually going back to something that you already mentioned, Paris, which was 
Bridget's crazy eyes actually being used in a productive way, and that's when she's cackling maniacally and revealed to be the illusion of the leprechaun. Her eyes and Warwick's leprechaun voice was a perfect match. True. In spite of that, though, it still wasn't enough to get me to ever watch this movie again. Ever. No. No circumstances. I always say I'll watch this if I'm watching it sequentially, but I think this is one I'm like, I remember it. I remember I'm not missing anything, and I'll skip this one. (laughs) I always say you couldn't pay me to watch this movie again, but at this point, this movie actually owes me a debt, and I will be sending out an invoice. Yeah, it's about $45 for both the first and the second. You know what? Okay, I won't take it back for the first one. Just the second one. This just this film right here. I want that money back. Yeah, I'm not going to rewatch it again. I'm definitely not paying to rewatch. I regret paying to watch it. Well, look, I know this movie has left much to be desired, but let's see if there are any redeeming bits of fulfillment we can find in Max Factor Fiction. I'm going to keep it short today, uh, mostly because you've already spoiled all of them. Um, but seeing as this is Leprechaun 2, I'm going to give you two. So let's start with number one. Trimark was ready to nix the craptastic Leprechaun finding a bride storyline if Jennifer Aniston returned. Even in the early 90s, though, $25,000 was not enough for her. Fiction. Fiction? Fact. Why would she ever come back? This is fact. Who's going to upgrade to Friends and then return to this franchise? Yeah, they literally like <laughs> offered her like twenty five grand just to like return. And obviously not enough to do so. At appropriately so. She made the right decision. Yep. And number two, Freddy versus Jason was a thing. Why not Candyman versus Leprechaun? They actually started developing such an abomination. Please don't disrespect Candyman like that. Thank you so much. It better be fiction. Could possibly be true. I don't know. (laughs) It seems like something that would be in this universe, and I would possibly like to see it, no matter how Ryan hates it, (laughs) the idea. But I'm going to say fact. Be in this universe? (laughs) Something in my brain feels like this has a chance of being plausible but i don't want it to be true so i say fiction good choices it's a fact you know who noped out of that one though Candyman, tony todd the man the myth the legend tony todd rightly so he actually said he had too much respect for his character to be involved in such shenanigans so he is once again the greatest ever thank you tony todd for making sure that that never saw the light of day could you imagine leprechaun just toting around with tony todd also the height difference <laughs> yeah that's what i'm thinking he's like his like little minion it's very luke wearing yoda on dagobah oh my god that's a mashup we didn't know we needed yeah <laughs> i'm glad it never happened because that would have been pure crap but you know it wasn't pure crap the last two seconds of your life listening to factor fiction and that's uh, all there is Mm, short and sweet just like that leprechaun well there you have it folks leprechaun 2 has earned a universal hack and look i don't think this is one we're going to want to revisit for a while uh you'll really have to seriously petition us to bring it back what we've certainly talked about a lot here uh, it doesn't end here by any means i know that there are a lot of people who actually think this is one of the funnier movies in the franchise i don't know how but please defend yourselves uh, keep in mind there are a number of ways you can reach out to us, starting with our website, hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you really would like to wish for a pot of gold, you can reach out to our Hackerslash hotline. You can leave us a voicemail at 757-606-0128 or visit hackerslash.com slash contact to send us an audio message. Terms and conditions do apply and we don't have any gold for you, but we do like accents. Or if you would have reversed it and wished for golden pot, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, consider becoming one of our patrons. You can visit patreon.com slash hackerslash to earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. 
We also have new merch on our website that we're excited to announce. They are holographic vinyl stickers uh, in Scream Queen, Slasher Enthusiast, and Gore Lover. Visit hackerslash.com forward slash merch to check them out. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, be careful what you wish for. Bye. Bye.